Hello everyone, this is You've Got 5 Options, a radio show where we prove that 5 is a magic number. Our experts will give you 5 tips on how to make your private or professional life better. We will solve your life challenge by giving you 5 different options to choose from. And our guests will answer 5 exciting questions while live on air. Tune in and feel the magic of 5. Hello everyone, this is Marta and this is Anna <laughs> and uh, first of all we are slightly delayed um, no on kidding. air, uh, we've had a false start but our superhero, our technician Dennis has saved the world, he just quickly connected the old-fashioned uh, machine. Don't be so modest Dennis. Yeah. Thank you. You handled the situation really, really well. Yeah. So, guys, this is what happens when you try to implement new technology. I would say that this is a team of my life for the past two weeks. Some people will know what I'm talking about. So we have here this beautiful Roadcaster Pro, something I actually have been dreaming about. It's a dream of every podcaster. It's super compact, modern uh, equipment which did not work and didn't wanted to stream us live. So Dennis had to make a quick decision and move us back to the to the old mixer. Can which I take a picture of you, Dennis, uh, do, doing what you were doing before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you have to visit our uh, fan page on Facebook to see what Dennis was doing to Roadcaster Pro. And I think Roadcaster Pro will not be happy with that, uh, with that um, picture. But anyways, we are we are on air. Yes, we are on air. I actually even checked, guys, because I was so paranoid that I uh, went on the website and we are on air. So yeah. I wanted to say that we have a very scary topic for today, wow. <laughs> which is the fear, the origins of fear. Oh, I thought the IT implementation. And okay. IT implementation that <laughs> brings out a lot of fear for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the despair, I would say, despair. Yeah. But we have lost the first 10 minutes of the show, so I'm sure we will not be able to include everything that we were going to include. So forgive us for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and now the time has come to introduce our beautiful guest uh, of today. Joanna, I will just let you introduce yourself uh, so that, yeah, you do it the way you want to do it. So, yeah. Hi. Thank you for having me here. I'm Joanna and you can find me on two names. I'm as uh, Joanna sings as a musician. And when I'm searching for jobs and a life and something to eat, I'm on LinkedIn as Joanna Opris. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I'm a musician and I talk a lot about life. I don't really know what else I am. I'm just here to help the world and help myself pretty much. Yeah. So I invited you. Well, we invited. I was just the, you know, the hand of we that did yeah. the move. <laughs> because <laughs> you were the hand of we. It worked. <laughs> the hand of we. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes you're the hand of we that invites people. Sometimes it's me. Anyway, <laughs> I have uh, been on LinkedIn Local and uh, Joanna was making a really great presentation. Thank you. And I just thought it will be great to have you. And... You, listening to your presentation, I uh, got inspired with a few different topics and we have ended up selecting the fear part. Mm -hmm. 
Well, my my expertise. <laughs> yeah, I love talking about that. You you love talking about that. That's really really great. And one of the things that you have been talking about was actually that you have previously done and you will do in the future. Yeah, something that is called it's okay to fail. Yep, and failure. Back. Yeah, the fear of failure is one of the most powerful fears that we experience in our everyday life. Many people are very much, yeah. you know, dealing with that. So tell us a little bit about what is it, the whole thing of it's okay to fail. What, what is it all about? So we will make a new event bigger than the last one. The last event was around 200 people. Now we want to meet, I found a new team. You're going to meet them soon on social media. And it, we are aiming to 400 to 500 people. So it's going to be huge and networking and a lot of really good things. We will find again five speakers that will talk about their experiences with thing failure, within fear in their past life, past life, in their past, uh, okay, in so this group, group. Current, <laughs> current life. So there's not going to be ghosts talking. Oh, that's a big uh, And I almost wanted to go. <laughs> the aim of this uh, is to present successful people in their vulner vulnerability moments mm. because whenever we see successful people doing really great we feel not that good because we feel we are not enough and those people are so great and we are not and those people are like us they make mistakes and they fail and they should inspire the world by their stories of how they deal with these things and that's uh our last events uh, we noticed that what the event did to people was um that they made them more proactive. I don't have, do not have statistics to support that, but randomly, because always is a small town, I would always meet people to, that would say, talk about it and say that they started new projects or they met new people in the event where they again started new things with them or collaborated on things they were working on. So I think it has a really good impact on on people. Okay, okay. I, I would like to say three things before we will go further. Number one, I think it's a fantastic initiative. And uh, can you just tell us, is it uh, some sort of like a TEDx, a day of public speaking? It is, and it uh, is it's, close. it's that kind of thing. Yes. Okay. The, the difference between them is that uh, it's okay to fail. It's, it's focused on one thing. Mm -hmm. So it has a target of young people that want to do something with their life and they don't know how and where to go and can't find their journey mm -hmm. or they found something they want to do, but they don't know how to proceed or they're afraid to do it. Mm -hmm. And TEDx is more like a worldwide, infinite subjects of yeah, that's true. knowledge. Mm -hmm. So it's a little different. Okay, but sounds sounds really great. And there's sounds different, great. different goals with it. So we, we are looking forward to get some more information yeah. and uh, probably uh, we will visit even if there are no ghost stories, which is a very personal big disappointment for me. Oh. Uh, well, if you have some ghosts to recommend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you would be surprised. <laughs> I, second, I always wished to... To meet the ghost. So. Uh, that can be arranged. Great. Mm -hmm. uh, second thing I would like to say to all my listeners, our listeners, that I'm sick. So if I sound funny or if I breathe like a... Don't be afraid uh, of that. No, I'm not afraid <laughs> of that. I think I need to explain that this is not my new persona a la some kind of a horny stalker from a horror movie. <laughs> 
That's not what I'm trying to achieve here. I'm actually a bit sick today, guys. So there can be some sneezing and and uh, other uh, sounds as a bonus. And the third thing, Marta, you know, you are basically like going on this LinkedIn local and it's like uh, some kind of a cave where you are mining our guests. You know, it's like we have a lot of guests from LinkedIn, LinkedIn local. Yep. Maybe we should remind people what LinkedIn local is. So hopefully people know what is LinkedIn, then we can, <laughs> then we can continue. <laughs> then we can continue. But LinkedIn Local, it's an initiative to bring a LinkedIn, which is an online platform, offline, basically to bring it to local meetings. Mm-hmm. And Kathy Perez, who has been our guest in the past, also talking about networking, she has been organizing those LinkedIn Local events in Aarhus. Mm-hmm. But they are organized all over the world. So if you guys are from somewhere else than Aarhus, you can look for if there are any LinkedIn local uh, initiatives by hashtag LinkedIn local and the name of the name of your uh, city. Or you can also become the organizer yeah. of uh, such a, a LinkedIn local event. It's a great, really, really yeah. great networking initiative. And it's true. Many of our guests have come from LinkedIn local because you go there, you meet people, you get inspired. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's a the thing is, they don't know that this is a secret casting for you've got five options. <laughs> so that's why. <laughs> Surprise is revealed. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, it's uh, really great. And I'm not from Aarhus, but I will actually join the next LinkedIn local to see how it is. And um, yeah, I I don't know. I've heard so much about it, met so many people who went there that I think I have to join this time. Yeah, yeah. you should. Yeah. Book your tickets until they're... Yeah. I, I booked it already. So hopefully I will I will get there. Yeah. I'm really looking forward because that uh, speech this time will be also by our previous guest. I don't know if it has been announced already who is going to be a speaker and what's going to be the theme, mm-hmm. but I know who it's going to be. So I'm very much looking forward. Yeah, I also know. And on a side, uh, side don't note... Don't say that if you're not going to say it to people. But we, we just don't know if it is official because last time I entered well, yeah. to the event, it was not there yet. It was yeah. just a generic... Now your listeners know that you know and you don't want to tell them. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly no. what we do have of the time <laughs> uh, so uh, but the last remark LinkedIn local Aarhus is the most popular and the most I would say but the best organized LinkedIn local the most consistent one uh, in entire Denmark I think even people from Copenhagen are planning or were supposed to visit LinkedIn local time, Aarhus, yeah. yes mm-hmm. to see how it's done because they made it only once and they couldn't Uh, continue I don't know I think they needed some inspiration so this is the best LinkedIn local in Denmark guys so LinkedIn local Aarhus the next one 24th of April whoever doesn't have a ticket yet it's still uh, I think there are still some tickets available so go and grab them because they disappear quite quickly and it's for free (coughs) just like you've got five options podcast and our website the five options.com yes and you've got five <laughs> options youtube channel which actually we are not using anymore <laughs> so but if you would like to see the previous episodes now it's everything is for free guys so you just dig in but you should visit our website the five options.com and of course linkedin local or host on facebook 
or on LinkedIn. Yes. Okay. Everything for free. So now it's been 20 minutes of our show. <laughs> we oh, have wow. not yet really talked that much about fear, but we have uh, touched upon fear of failure and why it's okay to fail. Technically, and it's been 10 minutes, so don't worry. Yeah, but uh, realistically, it's been 20. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. So basically, the origins of fear. I remember, Joanna, when you were making your speech, you told us that you've met someone or you read somewhere. I don't yeah, remember yeah. what was the, but th that we are born with only two types of fear. Yep. Do you remember them? Will you share it well, with us? Well, it's the fear of loud sounds and the fear of falling or being dropped. And those are instinct, instincts that actually made humanity be alive, survive all this entire time on the planet. So it's actually quite helpful. Um, you would notice if you go on selling rooftop, for example, on the glass, that you have that feeling when you go on the transparent yeah. one because it's, oh, it's the instinct. You can't really control that. You feel it and you can accept it and say, okay, I can walk on, but some people will just not go there. And then if you hear a really loud sound, you will tuck your head because it's an instinct mm -hmm. of surviving. Mm -hmm. And all the rest, like the rest of the fears that we have are acquired fears. We learn them. We learn them from our community, for, from parents, from uh, experiences. Mm -hmm. So everything that's in your life, it somehow is because something happened to you or someone told you, you should be afraid of that. Yeah, actually, uh, I, I have digged into these, uh, those topics because I was really interested, like, you know, what are the origins of fear and what the science so, has to, uh, to say about it. And uh, there is this part that is called classical conditioning. And that classical conditioning is exactly that part which evokes in us reflexive. Yeah, the survival uh, mode. Yeah, re reflexive reaction. And uh, that's something that, uh, that we are born with. Yeah. And then uh, we also can, so to speak, um, by being uh, in somewhat... We can question that, but somehow evolution beings. Yeah. <laughs> our you brains. You are going into yeah. muddy waters, Martha. Our That's brains. Good. We like mud. <laughs> our brains uh, help us survive. Dennis is very happy and. It's working. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. No, okay. Success. It's working. It's working. Good, and we are also evolution, so we can yeah. <laughs> we can go uh, go ahead with this. We one. went through a lot of stages today. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So basically, the, the deal is that, for example, it's explained here. Mm -hmm. We are uh, by reflex afraid if someone wants to bite us. So if yeah. there is a mouth coming with teeth, mm -hmm. of course, we are we reflectively um, react with yeah. fear already, you know, when we are babies. Well, fear and so is on. the defense mechanism. Yeah. And then if we have certain conditions, mm -hmm. we start associating things on different levels with that. So, for example, there is a reflexive fear of a mouth. And then, for example, if there is a snake, we can then learn to be afraid of a snake biting us, even though we were not born with that specific fear of snakes. Yeah. Apparently, mm -hmm. fear of snakes is one of the bigger fears, which I... The fear of insects, <laughs> actually, yeah. I have seen somewhere in research that we are apparently born with a predisposition to fear insects. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, through conditioning, we can learn to associate like a new stimulus mm -hmm. and kind of, you know, with the unconditioned one, with the fear, fear reaction of our body. Yeah. And we can start being afraid of something like snake, even though, yeah. for example, a snake has never done anything to us. 
Yeah. And of course, there is one part that you have mentioned, which is called informational learning. So this first one was uh, this classical conditioning was, for example, instinct. if we yeah we have the instinct and then we have a snake. If a snake bites us for, from this point, we will always be afraid of a snake. Yeah, more or less in a simple manner. I have a question. So, for instance, a fear of fire. Uh, is that under this one? Because, for instance, someone tells us or we see a burned victim. So, I of will, course, we... I will walk through the model okay. and then we uh, we can uh, think about it. Okay. And so there, then there is informational learning when someone tells us we should be afraid of something. Mm -hmm. And our parents tell us, you know, you know, be careful, watch don't out, touch don't <laughs> touch that and so mm -hmm. on. And it's very interesting, I, like dogs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The parents, some parents tell us, you know, you should be careful with the dogs. They can bite you. And it's very interesting because, okay, I can tell my kids, you know, be careful with the dogs. My oldest kid is very afraid of the dogs. Like he has never had any experience with a dog, but he's really afraid of the dogs. And my youngest one, he just goes after every single dog. He's not afraid whatsoever. So there is this, you know, personal traits and so on, which make us uh, be afraid of something, even though someone is teaching us yeah. to be afraid mm -hmm. or not. Then there is observational learning, like vicarious experiences, mm -hmm. where we actually see ourselves. And it was so interesting. I found it so, so interesting. They made an experiment with monkeys mm -hmm. where, where they were showing videos to monkeys to be afraid, to, to produce that reaction on monkeys to check if they show videos of the snakes, uh, if they will start being afraid. And the monkeys did start being afraid of those videos very quickly. Mm. So there is some like, you know, conditioning. And then they wanted to check, okay, what is it? Is it just because it's like scary and stuff? And then they tried to see, they tried to edit uh, the videos. So instead of the snakes, they put there, what was it? Like uh, flowers and toy rabbits. You know, <laughs> they tried to trick the monkeys yeah. to see if that will produce the same fear reaction. You know, mm -hmm. the same kind mm -hmm. of intense experience and so on, but just with the flower and toy rabbit. And no, hmm. they were not afraid of this. Okay. So, you know, this uh, this conditioning, it's, it's quite a complex thing because sometimes we react, you know, some of us react, some of us don't. Mm -hmm. Then all of us can react to one thing, but exactly same conditions, but another thing and we don't react. So, you know, it's of course, um, it's of course an interesting one. So it has something to do with emp empathy and design of things. Yeah, like, for for individual people. Yeah, yeah well, for sure. how you uh, design a thing that it looks scary or not, because we are designed to recognize different types of anger or scared or all these things. So yeah, that that's where the next theory, the, the evolutionary psychology, that's where it adds mm -hmm. this part of like, why are we why can we be afraid of a snake and not so much of a flower? Yeah, well, <laughs> that makes total sense. Yes, yeah. but add the you can be scared of a flower. flower. You know, there's flowers that eat uh, meat. You know, exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. But it's very interesting because this evolutionary psychology, of course, says that we keep some fears because our ancestors they had to like in their daily life struggle with this, mm -hmm. and they were uh, you know set out for death by snakes, for example. And that is also very interesting because it still doesn't explain why a fear of a mushroom is not such a big fear. Because mushrooms actually statistically cause a higher uh, danger for our death than... Not uh, all mushrooms. No, not all mushrooms, but co uh, 
speaking evolutionary when people were trying to survive it yeah. was more likely for them to die because of eating okay. a poisonous mushroom rather than meeting a snake Yeah. Of course, depending in which part of the world and yeah. so on. But that does not explain, you know, why we don't carry this extreme fear of mushrooms. Maybe it has something to do with the mobility of a mushroom, because you actually have to pick up a mushroom and snake can attack you, right? Yeah. So probably there is something it's not here. So, it's not a danger coming to you. No, mm-hmm. exactly. And that's what you are very smart, ladies. I really like how you are always... Well, I knew these things ahead, before. Yeah, how you are always ahead of, uh, you know, the next theory to come, which is cognitive and personality theories. And this is exactly the ones that talk more about, you know, our instinctive reactions to how fast something moves or how something looks like. For example, there is a yeah. big part of disgust. That's a big part of where we are afraid of something. Yeah. That could be the insects, that, that could be, you know, like worms. fear of yeah, worms, blood, saliva, and so on. These things that we associate. Who has fear of saliva? <laughs> no, but if, if, if someone comes and spits, of, uh, spits on you or something, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm not afraid. You're not. Well, I'm just disgusted, but that's different. Yeah, but it's saying that... Um, there when, is a correlation yeah. with, between, but not always. No, no, there is no, yeah. nothing is always, I see. No. <laughs> apart from this very, you know, very basic. Apart, uh, apart from this podcast that it's always happening, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the first 10 minutes, it did not really happen. Well, it's al- al- <laughs> always, there is always a recording. There is almost always a uh, um, life on earth. <laughs> no, this one is it's really a, like 50-50. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, that's <laughs> the podcast is all, the podcast is always there. Life air show, that's not... Okay, so... Then uh, we go to integrative theories because, of course, they discovered, okay, this one explains that part, this one explains this part and so on. But, of course, we are complex uh, creatures Mm -hmm. and we have so many different ways. And then there are integrative theories that they try to pick uh, from each of the previous theories Mm -hmm. and kind of have the, they talk about schemes. So if a certain stimuli happens based on, experiences based on personality traits and so on. It hits like a button and then we go through a specific scheme. But that's quite difficult to explain. And that's quite difficult to make uh, research on because it's very complex. It is. So, as you can see, I was quite fascinated with uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with uh, those uh, topics. I think it's very interesting. And um, yeah, so basically that's what science has to say about the origins of fear. Mm-hmm. Any reflections? What interests me here is definitely, you know, that in the end of the day, it is depending on individual. I was thinking about what you were saying about those movies. For instance, you know, every single one of us have seen some sort of a horror movie in their lives, right? So there are people who have seen it, the, the clown You know, no, no. I'm not watching those things. You, okay, <laughs> so so you haven't, but many people have seen it, and for instance, they are terrified, petrified of uh, clowns. Some people have the other horror movie that is Exorcist that really scares them. Some other people uh, are afraid of I don't know uh, Jason from Friday the Thirteenth or Michael. Oh, you Myers. really watch a lot of horror movies. Yes, yes. <laughs> have, um, I have no idea what those are. <laughs> so basically, but th- this is interesting because this is uh, this is. Uh, 
sphere where you first of all are aware on a conscious level that this is a movie yet it produces fear in you and then you can actually build some phobias and every single one of my friend who is watching horror movies they're saying like that movie scared me for life you know that was my nightmare uh, in childhood but for instance you will put five of those people they will watch one movie and only one of them will be traumatized exactly and that's <laughs> interesting because what does this depend on what is the button that triggers exactly certain phobia or, uh, or fear so i think fear uh, as simple as it is because basically that's the alarm system yeah. of our body that something is not all right is simple yet super complicated and yes i watch a lot of horror mo- actually i did watch a lot of horror movies now yeah, i don't I, yeah, yeah that's obvious <laughs> yes yeah but uh but I think that that's interesting because everyone is afraid of something. Then you s- a lot of things. Well, what I would say about this is that most of the fears that you talk about, which is the where they originate from, they are in you know the par- pyramid of life with like in survival mode. Mm-hmm. And in our society, we're not that much in survival mode anymore. Mm-hmm. Like we're not afraid of going on a street and a, sti- a snake would bite us. So mm-hmm. we don't really connect to those fears as the most important in our society because we have different fears. If you go into, I don't know, somewhere in Amazon in a forest, then you'll have all those fears, you know. But now we have other fears like the fear of rejection or the fear of, uh, I don't know, uh, being excluded from the society, the fear of uh, failing to yourself that you're not enough or I don't know. There's these kind of social fears that we have. The fear of what would people think of me. Hmm. So it's very different mm -hmm. that they they all come from from like instinct wise, which sometimes is good. It's good to have fear because otherwise you would just walk like blindly into something and die. Fire, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think that we have to focus a lot on uh, social fears, Mm -hmm. like what because we are social animals. And that's what's what stops us and that's what also makes us be better, like the fear of regret. That's one of the biggest fears that that's why people do more in life because they don't want to regret things in the end. Or So I, I think that that's the most important part of fear in our society now yeah. is like social fears. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. The, the, that was the first thing on the agenda, the origins of yeah, fear. Yeah. yeah, the second one is types of fear. And yeah. of course, I chose one that uh, comes from Dr. Carl Arbrecht, and not because it's Dr. Carl Arbrecht, but because he has five types of fear. And since we are in, you've got five options. I thought that five types uh, will be something good mm-hmm. to elaborate on. The first one is f- extinction. So, yeah. so to speak, fear still of death. Extinct. Yeah, and fear of death. It's still present. In yeah. uh, in normal people, so to speak, even though yeah, we are not afraid. People that are not normal, they just like dying. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> good yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I think it, it depends what you believe in, you know, it's after, after yeah. life. If you believe it's in something. It's still a survival, yeah. survival mode. Yeah. You, yeah. Everyone's afraid of death. Yeah. Yes, I think even though we don't expect to die in our everyday life, even though we don't expect a tiger to ta- to attack us, you know, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. on the next street, we still struggle with uh, fear of death. The second one is uh, the fear of mutilation or bodily invasion. That's it's, fear of pain. In yeah, my opinion. and r- like actually also f- fear 
pretty powerful <laughs> losing a part of you yeah, yeah. It's, mm -hmm. and and you know in general any kind of invasion on your body mm -hmm. then yeah. there is a fear the loss of autonomy this is still yeah. you know something that um something that exists in societies yes. i think we are still ha, quite yeah we are still quite uh, even though we are told we are pretty autonomous and that we have quite a lot of autonomy i think still as humans we uh, don't buy into it i mean we, we really can't yeah. because as well again we're social social so you can't really have control over other things than yourself and you're part of a group where you can't really achieve whatever you want without uh, being with other people so you can't control something so you don't have full autonomy of what happens to you or what you can achieve or what can you do because yeah. it depends on the environment so you do not have full autonomy yeah you, you have full autonomy of your choices but your choices are always influenced by other people so you yeah. don't really you have to choose based on what other people or other things come at you Yes, so I do agree. And this part of, you know, like when you feel helpless or powerless, that's yeah, useless. That's, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. that's quite a big deal. Then the fourth one is separation, abandonment or rejection. Of course, mm -hmm. one of being the, excluded. Yeah, mm -hmm. one of the that's ones. one of the biggest. Yeah, no one likes to be excluded. No, and feel useless. Yeah. And then the last one, and then we will go into discussion is uh, humiliation, shame or worthlessness. So I think from the social fears, yeah. the, the more we go towards, you know, the third, fourth and fifth uh, yeah. are the ones that we mm -hmm. can very much put under the social fears. Yeah. So tell us, Joanna, a little bit. What about you? What's your biggest fear when it comes to? Well, I, I have a lot of fears like everyone else. Uh, I think the difference is that I try to not follow up on them whenever I feel that there's something that I'm afraid of. I should do it just because, not just because, but it's a signal that, okay, you have to do this because this is important and it gets you out of the comfort zone. I have two biggest, my biggest fears in life is the fear of regret. So when I'm going to be old and I will be regretting the life I've had, I don't have regrets until now based on what I chose. I made a lot of mistakes, but I'm like, I don't regret that. I'm always doing what I want and what I think is good. And the other fear is about uh, dying like a loser in a way that if something gets you, like, I don't know, a disease or anything, um, even in my fight with my dream of being a musician, if I don't want some thoughts of, I don't know, depression or anything that comes to you sometimes make you quit that. Mm -hmm. So my biggest fear, which actually motivates me a lot, is that I don't want to lose this fight. I'm always going to fight it until I'm going to get there. And if I'm not going to get there, at least I'm not going to regret that I didn't try. And I said, OK, I give up. I'm going to get a job in a somewhere, I don't know, be, be something and have an easy life. So these are my two biggest fears mm -hmm. and two biggest drivers in life. What about you, Anna? I actually, uh, sorry, I sometimes forget myself because of my really huge belly in which I'm carrying a human being. <laughs> so I have to come closer to the microphone. Um, my fears, uh, well, I was thinking about something else, Marta. I was thinking about what you said, Joanna, that um, fear is driving you to yeah. do action. Yep. Uh, what, I have a question back. Uh, what would drive you if you wouldn't be afraid? Nothing. I don't know. 
I have everything. I have, I have never thought of that question. It's more that you want to do something and fear helps you achieve it. So you see, you see fear as a motivator I, for fear is an asset when you acknowledge it, when mm-hmm. you know how to how it feels and what it does to you, then you can use it and do something mm-hmm. with it. But I don't think you choose. Sometimes I I I have been maybe one year and a half. Yeah, one year and a half or two years. I've mm-hmm. been working with it's okay to fail and uh, doing school, so I didn't have so much time for music. Then I realized I would get stressed and then I would miss music and I would just not be happy without music. So it's something that's in me, and if I don't feel it, I just get unhappy. So I can't say I quit music today, because it's something built. Mm-hmm. In, it's something that my body is built mm-hmm. for, and I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not. I'm not doing it because I'm afraid of not regretting. Mm-hmm. I just can't not do it. It's mm-hmm. part of me. Yeah. Like you just can't di- give up something you it's been in you for life. I don't know. Mm. But fear is the w- one thing that doesn't stop me it's fear fear is something that makes me go further and whenever mm-hmm. i fear other types of fear like not when you have to call people and you're gonna hang up your the phone like a sales thing for example mm-hmm. you know that okay this is how it feels i'm not i'm postponing this because i'm afraid of mm-hmm. that so you go to the root of that's why i use the five whys to go to the root of why i'm feeling it why am i postponing this or why don't i want to do this and then it's like okay is that one <sighs> okay can that stop me no okay i'll do it You know, so it's different so, types mm-hmm. of fear that you have to go to to the root of the whys. It's like, why am I feeling like this? And why am I not doing exactly what I want to do? Or why mm-hmm. am I? And then you use that mm-hmm. to to realize that you like that you can live with that. Mm-hmm. So first is your your body's like, I don't want to do that because it's not conscious. It's mm-hmm. just your body feels like somehow and then you postpone things and mm-hmm. you don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Then you you think of, okay, why am I feeling like this? Why am I not doing that assignment? Or why am I not calling those people? Why am I not recording that or putting it out live live or whatever? Then you get to the point of, okay, it's because I think that maybe people will laugh at it or it's not good enough or that person is going to hang up on me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, but can I live with that? Is it that really I'm afraid of that? Like, I don't even care about that, those, like that person that's, gonna hang up the phone on me so that makes you realize that the thing that your body feels so afraid of is just a small thing that you shouldn't be afraid of mm-hmm. and then it makes you go over and say like okay well i can live with that you know mm-hmm. that's a very very interesting uh, approach and i like your model and this analysis you do when you feel fear because i think it's it's something like trying to get uh, more friendly with your fear or trying to observe it as yeah. a as a second uh, second person you know not yourself yeah. uh, but uh, if i would ask you uh, would, did you ever make the, the same analysis of your fear for regret yeah well i always make the same analysis for all the feelings i have but it's not always i mean this is a process mm-hmm. i got to do this I, before I got to do mm-hmm. this, I was simply not having those fears because I didn't learn them. As I said, that you requ- mm-hmm. you acquire fears. So I would just be naive and brave. I'm going to go there. I don't know what's going to happen to me. So mm-hmm. I achieved a lot of things by simply not thinking Being about... Being fearless. Yeah, not thinking about what could happen to me. Mm-hmm. And then I had fears of what would happen if I don't do this. 
oh, I have to go back to I don't know what life that I don't like. I don't want that. Okay, I'm just going to go into the unknown instead, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's always fear, but it's not always that you think of exactly, you can't always break down everything. Mm -hmm. But lately, like lately, in the past years, when I think that that's helpful, I always analyze and I reflect a lot. Mm-hmm. Like one of my biggest people call it meditation. I've been doing forever, but I never called it like that is reflecting and taking time with myself and just thinking about things. Mm-hmm. So you you think of like, what would I regret or what do I want? And then you split it in. I always split it in two. It's like, what if I quit this or what if I don't this? Like what on a long term? What would happen? OK, I would g- get there that would be unhappy or I would get there and that would be less unhappy than this one. So, okay, like practically I have to choose this. So it is a lot of practicality. I think that people are really in need of practicality, not just superficial things that people tell you, that's my problem with motivational things. You have to let go of your past. You have to take your your life in your hands or I don't know, all kind of... Get up in the morning and start your life with enthusiasm or, I don't know, things like this that don't really say anything, you know. Mm-hmm. They motivate you a bit, but, like, okay, they don't really give you, like, some practical thing of how should I reflect upon this and that and how should I split it and strategically think of what my next step should be. Mm-hmm. So we need strategy, and I always, always think strate- strategy when I need to choose something or do something with my life. Mm-hmm. Although um, I do find it interesting that, you know, you, you put those two fears, the fear of regret and the fear of uh, dying like a loser. Yeah. Was it this one? I can um, call it like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think those are actually the things, uh, the fears that are pretty common again uh, among people, especially the fear of regret. I think the fear of regret is something that uh, is rather, I wouldn't say new, but no, it's it's it's, it's but it's growing i think because uh, i believe that in some older times i cannot say when that was yeah. but people were more uh, driven by survival you yeah, had to you so. had to had uh, a job uh, but i'm not even talking about prehistoric times no, but no, also my parents know, <laughs> exactly yeah. you don't really think about regrets you're thinking how to put yeah. the bread on the table how to raise your kids yes uh, or afterwards you are uh, switching into you know getting a job better job whatever that is and then the regret comes usually at the very end Somewhere, maybe when you are on pension, thinking I could have this or that. Uh, So I would say that fear of regret is a fear that uh, grows now when we actually have a comfort of wondering what if and try to uh, design our life. It's true. Uh, So uh, but it's it's very interesting because I see that fear uh, growing among people, especially young people. That's a good thing, because now we have all this Internet so we talk and we listen to other people mm-hmm. that talk about this right now, for example, and you think of, okay, maybe I should think of that too. Mm-hmm. So we communicate more at a really huge scale in the world. Mm-hmm. So everyone talks about it. My mom didn't know about these things. Now when I tell her about things, she's like, oh, so you do what you like, really? Like you, <laughs> you exactly. do what you like. You just do what you have to so you can get a salary and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I so think we have a we have a this luxury. 
Yeah, and we have a generational gap, definitely. We will cope with different fears. And I think that the fear of of dying like a loser, I will make a prediction, Joanna, for you, because you are are very beautiful and younger (laughs) girl. Yeah, you would say that, but Uh, I don't know what your age is. uh, Well, um, (laughs) I know it for a fact because I ask you, so you are younger. (laughs) You are younger, (laughs) you are younger. No, I, I, I might not be there completely yet, but I've noticed with older people, older, by older, I don't mean uh, grandpas, but uh, many, no, Dennis, I don't mean you. You are as, You're as so the, old. Oh you are, God. you are very young. Yes. It's just the beard that is, you know, like older. Misleading. The, the beard is older the, yeah, than the beard you. is older than yeah. my beard. For you sure. were growing it since you were one year old. We know that. Uh, <laughs> I saw your uh, kindergarten pictures. Online, yes. Uh, but I think that after some time we are growing to be okay with who we are. And even if we uh, see ourselves a little bit like losers when we are, let's say, 20 or 30, when we will be 50, we'll be okay with that. Because sometimes I believe we have different expectations towards life and then we get some sort of peace. We see a sense in how our path was developing and sometimes I think I would judge myself if I would be my 10 years younger version and I would see some things, I would judge myself and I would say you could have done it so way better. That's not what I'm talking about though with uh, being harsh to yourself and blaming yourself for Mm -hmm. things you could have done. It's more on a general thing of did I quit my dream or did I not? Uh, it's not sense. that did I become a world-known artist or mm-hmm. I'm just playing in, a, I don't know, small concerts or mm-hmm. whatever. Like that, I could be equally happy with both of those as long as I didn't quit. Mm-hmm. So it's not about being harsh to yourself because that's not good. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that as much as you go in life, as you said, it's that we acknowledge fears more and we are not that harsh to ourselves and we mm-hmm. accept that we can't be perfect. Mm-hmm. Because that e- eagerness of being perfect also comes from being afraid of what people will think of you or how you are in a society and you let go of more of that and you start mm-hmm. caring less about what people think of you and then you get happier with yourself. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting as I hear you because I have an impression and that can be completely subjective, but from talking to my friends and talking to the clients that I have been working with so far, I have an impression that the generation of our parents is uh, filled with regret, like our table now, yes. because I'm filled <laughs> with water. Spilled. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my yes. god! Yes. So, right. okay, nothing has exploded. Yeah. Officially, there are no sparkles on the table. There is just it looks a, quite cool, though. Yeah, actually, looks quite cool because it's a it's a weird kind of fabric of the tablecloth. So it's it's okay. And Marta's Yay. computer. I'm trying to kill your computer for, yeah, I think, a month I now. Noticed, you know, I yeah. just like throw water on her around her uh, laptop all the time. But that is and true. you saved it again. Yes. Uh, but Marta, continue, please. Yeah, you can. No one that, cared that, about this one. <sighs> no, I think it didn't hit it. <laughs> yeah, a, a kind of the big moment has gone, I think. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, my uh, impression was that actually I think that we are looking so much into regrets right now because I think that the generation of our parents, they are actually filled with regret. So I don't think uh, that I don't have the um, I don't have the impression that it's only at the end of the 
uh, of their life yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that it was not at the end. I think maybe grandparents or grand grandparents, maybe they were doing that at the end. But I think our parents, because they uh, have gone into this working just to earn money, to get the house, to mm-hmm. get the car. I have an impression that there is a lot of regret there for not following the dreams, a mm-hmm. lot of regret of staying in the relationships that they were staying in Marriages. Uh, and well, so on. Some people are not conscious about it. Yeah. So they're uh, not exactly. going to think about it. I, I will. I see your theory, Marta, and I will and I will reply something to you. I think <laughs> you are right. I just, I, I just also, wanted to finish yeah. my. Uh, uh, I just wanted to yeah. finish. Yeah, the thought that I believe that because we have seen it in them, whether they were conscious of it or not. But mm-hmm. by the way, we were raised like, we for example, another fear. I couldn't be a doctor, so I'm going to do everything that my child can be a doctor. You know, we we see yeah, a yeah. lot of these things, yeah, yeah. and I think because we've experienced it with them, either more or less consciously, I think we started to be more conscious of that regret earlier in life and Maybe. started to fear the regret. So that was my... Yeah, because I was wondering if our parents or that generation uh, truly regrets things or do we look at them and we think we would regret if we would end up like them. And I think think both are true. I think both are true. Depends on people. Yeah, yeah. of course. I think both are true. I think that in many cases, like for instance, I would talk with uh, my mom or with with other people her age and they would say, well, what regrets? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, not even, you know, but if I would think like I, if I would end up like this person, I would really regret it. So it's like a fear by comparison. And yeah. that's probably a true thing for all the generations that mm-hmm. probably <laughs> for many, many generations we have been feeling this way. I mean, the, the youngsters have been feeling this way about the mm-hmm. oldies. But we only have a few minutes left until the end of the show. And I wanted to touch upon, well, luckily we did manage to touch upon the is fear good or yeah, not? Is. And you have it's already both. told us. Depends yeah. how you deal with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to share with you something because I used to be quite driven by fear. I used to have a lot of fear in my life and I would very often come about it in a way like uh, feel the fear and do it anyway. And I would go about it. Yeah, I would go about it, but I would often go about it in this harsh way, you know, Mm -hmm. like get your ass together and, you know, do it anyway. It's hard, but, you know, a fear of regret or whatever would drive me very much. And as I mature... Or achievement or yeah, results can drive you. Yeah. As I mature in my life and as I uh, learn new ways of being, I am experimenting now how it is I'm continuously working to decrease the fear levels. I am continuously working to actually not experience so much fear because I uh, have a teacher that teaches me that fear is lack of love. I don't really, I don't agree with that. I, I think it's perfectly fine. You know, everyone yeah, yeah, will yeah. everyone agree will agree or disagree with something. But I find it as an interesting concept of looking at life. And I am experimenting now. Will I be the same motivated to achieve things if I'm not in fear, but I am in full acceptance of things or not? That's my kind of like experimental phase mm-hmm. in my yeah. life right now. And will it feel much better? You know, how will I experience this? Because I have been doing things despite the fear. Mm-hmm. I have been always But you still kicking. feel the fear. Yes, I have been, you know, like kicking my ass to do yes, it anyway. But you still feel the fear. So it's not like you're not afraid. It's just that you manage it better. So 
then I went into managing it better. Then I yes. went into being able to acknowledge the emotions yes. and work with emotions and so on. And now I am in this new phase yeah. of learning to actually integrate fear, yeah. meaning so that I don't feel it anymore, if mm -hmm. it's possible, you know, uh, because I think some of the fears, they are not needed for me at all. Some all of right. those fears that I have, mm -hmm. trying to integrate them and see if I will still be as motivated as before. Mm -hmm. This is a really interesting concept for me because it's true many people are motivated by fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's not the only thing. That's a new subject with the motivation mm -hmm. because you you have your motivation in different things and fear is a catalyst of how you can use that mm -hmm. to, to drive those things. Yeah. So it's not like you're only motivated by no, fear. No, no, of course not because like we, we, you, we already brought a great uh, example by you yourself like with singing, for example. It has nothing to do, this that you want to sing has nothing yeah, to I'm do afraid. with fear, yeah. but it is <laughs> right. something that is like your maybe purpose, maybe talent, you know, there is something that you're built for, something that mm -hmm. you are created yeah. for doing like you have called it. So for sure, there is much more to motivation yes. and for sure, too much fear causes demotivation. So there is also, you know, Some this and that. But I just wanted to share with you that I am in this moment of life where I'm trying to see how this part of me will function mm -hmm. if it's even possible to do it and how does it feel to do the same kind of things that i used to be doing but now from a place of not feeling fear not feeling fear yeah that's why i actually was asking you Jana, uh, to explain us you know how does it work with uh, you treating your uh, fear of regret or feel fear of dying like a loser i really like this phrasing <laughs> it's you should copyright it um because actually I'm rarely motivated by fear. That that's that's never been my main motivator. So well, you're not motivated by fear. It's it's when you get low, and you don't want to do something or you want to quit it. That's mm -hmm. when fear helps you not quit. So it's not fear is not in front of you. Oh, I really have to do this because I'm so afraid that I'm gonna be a loser if I don't. Mm -hmm. That never happens. I want to do this because it helps the world. I want to do this because I'm happy. I want to do this because it inspires others. Those are your your, your motivation factors of why mm -hmm. am I doing this? Mm -hmm. I'm doing it because in that. And you have, have days when you're really low and it's like, I'm really tired. I don't know where I'm going to get. Am I going to really go somewhere? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I should quit. And there's like, no, that's where the fear comes in. No, because if you quit, you're going to be a loser. And if you quit, you're going to regret it and you're going to be super unhappy and... Also, you're not going to impact the world with anything and mm -hmm. all this. So it's on the other end of when you're mm -hmm. close to quitting, mm -hmm. there is fear that kicks in and says like, no, don't mm -hmm. think of it. That's stupid. Mm -hmm. So it's not the that's not the motivation. The first thing that you do things mm -hmm. because that would be like, OK, it's just one of the scenarios where fear can be a Health. good thing according yeah, to you. That's where yeah. fear helps. When you want to quit, you're when mm -hmm. on the edge of not doing things. Mm -hmm. Not okay. when you're on the edge of, I want to do things because. So mm -hmm. we are almost finishing. So I just wanted to say that it was a great discussion. Thank yeah. you so much for joining us. And it's us. a pity we had only 50 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, because we have not touched upon a part of the show. Right. Uh, but it was very interesting and it was a really good discussion. So thank you so much, Joanna. And for everyone who wants to find Joanna, yeah. you can find her on You've Got Five Options Facebook page or the thefiveoptions.com. All yeah. the links will be there. <laughs> 
You are listening to You've Got 5 Options radio show, where we hopefully convinced you that 5 indeed is a magic number. To catch up with our previous programs, apply to be our guest, send us your life challenge, or just to see how do we really look like, visit our website, the5options.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will come for more. That's all, folks!